Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals kick off the preseason with a shootout loss to Buffalo. We'll hear from Vinny Iorio. My first of a two-part sit-down chats with new Capitals head coach Spencer Carberry and a newcomer on defense, Joel Edmondson, talks with Ben about his transition to the nation's capital. Good morning, everybody. Today is Monday, September 25th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear, the faster way. Into Capital One Arena. The Caps began what will ultimately be a six game preseason slate yesterday afternoon at Capital One Arena, falling to the Buffalo Sabres 4 3 in a shootout. Nicholas Aubay Cubell scored his first of the exhibition year, that in the first period. Sonny Milano was excellent yesterday, scored a goal, added one in the shootout as well. And goaltender Hunter Shepard stopped all 18 shots he faced in the first half of the game before yielding to Clay Stevenson. The real concern after the game, however, was with defenseman Trevor Van Riemsdyk. TVR blocked a shot in the third period with what appeared to be a right-hand wrist area, and as the play continued, he could not regrip the stick in the defensive zone. And as Buffalo scored to take the lead at that point, he went straight to the dressing room and did not return. The Caps are off today. We won't know anything more on his status until tomorrow at the earliest. We have a jam-packed show today and tons of great stuff all week for you here on Caps this morning. Leading us off today, I chatted post-game yesterday afternoon with defenseman Vinny Iorio, who played in the loss against the Sabres. Vinny, glad to have you join us here. How was your game? How did you feel about things from yourself today in this first preseason game? Hey, guys. I uh, hope all is well. It was good. Obviously, first game, you got to shake some of the cobwebs out. But I thought our team managed things really well in the second and third. And uh, goalies played great. But it's only game one. we got a lot more to do. This for you coming off of the Calder Cup championship with the Bears. And so many of you guys come into camp with a little bit of a different feel after what you pulled off. How much does doing something like that in June help you here in September? Yeah, definitely. I think it, as a group, you bond very closely. And, you know, we're still young. We still got to learn a lot. And we just got to take things day by day, uh, step by step, and get 1% better each day. I know you were banged up a little bit. You were in and out of the lineup for the Bears. But what was your enduring moment, Game 7 against Coachella notwithstanding? What was maybe your favorite moment of the road to the Calder Cup and you guys winning one level down? I think for us, winning all three at home in that finals was awesome. The Bears Nation's best. We have the best fans in the league, and, you know, they showed out for us, and we were able to put on a show for them. And then Game 7, you can't really uh, sum that up any better than that. Game 7 OT. So we're all very thankful, and we work really hard for it, and uh, there's more There's more things to come. You know, I was talking with the coaches about what that is. Spencer Carberry specifically said, for all of you, just because you were in those situations and the attention to detail and you've got to be so focused on pre-scout and but also playing at that level and that caliber, you can't recreate that. That was something that was very real and you guys end up winning. 
Can you carry that feeling to the NHL level and say, listen, if I can play in Game 7 in the second-best league in the world, I can be ready for the National Hockey League? For sure. Obviously, uh, each player is different when it comes to their confidence levels and, and whatnot. But for me, I just got to continue to get better, continue to learn from the older guys and take it a step at a time. And I think camp so far this year has been awesome. The new staff have been great, and I'm continuing to learn from the older guys, so it's great. Vinny, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for joining us here, and look forward to watching you here the rest of training camp. Thank yeah. you for doing this. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Before training camp got started, I got a chance to have a long sit-down interview with New Capitals head coach Spencer Carberry, part one of our chat here now, talking about his move to D.C., his time in Toronto, and the road to getting the Capitals back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, Spencer, first of all, I want to ask you about your summer vacation, and I'll use air quotes there because it was a pretty good summer for you. New coach of the Washington Capitals after coming from Toronto, after coming from Hershey organizationally, we'll get to in a minute. But how was your summer once you got settled into the coach's office here? It was fairly hectic, I'll I'll be honest with you, with not just the new position, but just all the logistical things, family-wise, moving, schools, all all that stuff away from the rink that, you know, you, you get settled into a routine when you're somewhere and things go relatively smoothly when that gets turned upside down it gets a little bit chaotic but it was it was good to have four weeks there where where things settle down and we could get settled in dc and could start coming into the office and start tackling a lot of the preparation stuff or even more of the detailed preparation for training camp in the season one of the things that i love and there's a lot of things i love about your story and coming here and taking over this team but the fact that you did it from an organizational standpoint you're the only guy that's ever gone from echl ahl nhl all in the same place a couple of years in toronto as well, but you know a lot of these guys already, and I know it's been said when you got hired back earlier in the summer, but a lot of the guys in Hershey, if they've been there more than two years, they played for you. They know yeah. who you are. How much of that is an advantage for you as a coach knowing that, yeah, you're coming to a quote-unquote new organization, but not really. You know a lot of these guys already. Yeah, I do think it is a, a real added benefit, not only from an organization standpoint to have been around the team f- over the last... 10 years, like indirectly and directly in some situations. So I have that knowledge of, of what they've been through, the different hurdles that they've overcome, 20, all that stuff. But then individually, to your point, I think that'll just help from a relationship standpoint. And some of the guys that have played for me, and even, even some of the guys that I haven't coached necessarily, but I know through coming to camps and that it just helps with the relationship component and them knowing my style, how I communicate the drills we run, like even things as simple as that, it just helps because anytime there's a new coach, there's obviously some time where you got to get used to their lingo. You got to get used to their sense of humor, their expectations. Like there's all these little things that go into it. And and that process just gets sped up with me having some direct experience working with some of our players. As you know all too well, a lot of guys in Hershey didn't get a chance to even play in the Calder Cup playoffs for a while, and not because they didn't have a good team, but COVID wiped out a lot of things in the AHL. It was weird for a couple of seasons. What did it mean for these guys to be able to go through all of that for a few years? A lot of them played for you there to win a Calder Cup championship. What does that do to get them ready here for training camp? Well, it it just helps their individual development of being able to play in those meaningful, critical, hard playoff games. And I don't care what level, whether it's major junior, whether it's uh, the American Hockey League, when you're playing into June and you're playing in games and situations and shifts 
where your season is hanging in the balance, it absolutely makes you a better player because it, it puts you in situations and scenarios where you have to be so dialed in. You have to be so attentive. You have to know the pre-scout. You have to know where your responsibilities are and then you have to go execute and you got to dig in because the other team wants it just as bad as you do. So now your compete level has to get to a whole, like there's just all these little things that now you can take from a call Cup championship run and now you can apply those into an NHL season of guys now okay I'm gonna need to play the same way or, or or those times that I remember playing against Coachella Valley like that's what it's gonna take when I go up against the Detroit Red Wings or the Ottawa Senators or whoever it is and you can draw on those experiences that's really rewarding for, for our guys to ha- having done that the young guys that um, won the Calder Cup in in Hershey I keep thinking of game seven Henrik Lapierre gets a huge goal like that ties it Connor McMichael gets the goal that got him on the board two guys that needed that time in Hershey maybe to have those kind of moments and they delivered in a game seven in a championship round that seems to be of tremendous value yeah and then then you just touched on that point is that's the confidence point right of of now having been a a champion in the American Hockey League like that should give them a lot of confidence of I've been part of a team that that's the best in the league and we won a cup together and now trying to take that next step to be an everyday NHL player and not just an everyday NHL player but be an effective one a one in a winning environment and that's what these guys are looking to prove so I think it gives them a lot of confidence confidence coming into camp. You ran a power play at the Toronto Maple Leafs for the last couple of seasons, a job that certainly is got to be a little stress-filled being the Toronto market as it is, Matthews and the Marners and everybody that you had there. What did that do for you, I guess, in terms of experience to be able to have two years in a market like Toronto, the Toronto media, superstar players that you had there? I got to believe you took a lot of lessons away from being with the Maple Leafs. You are spot on. And uh, being able to work not only for the organization as a whole, but specifically with the power play in that department and working with those players directly for the last couple of years. It was just for me, selfishly, just a way better coach having gone through it and having learned different things along the way of, of coaching real elite players and, and different nuances to special teams. And, and then you couple it with the pressure on that particular area of the team, which, uh, gosh, some you go over for the the world <laughs> was coming to an end in that market, but it was also good because the expectations are, are are right up here, and that's nothing less than you'll hear me all year long. Like that's what I expect for myself. So anybody that's hard on our group or, or my specific responsibilities, it doesn't really bother me because I'm twice as hard on myself about it. And if we weren't great the night before, whatever it might be, I can promise you. <laughs> I'm not walking away from that situation happy or content with with where we are. It's it's figuring out solutions. So I um, could sit here and talk for hours about the different experiences, how I benefited, how I became a better coach. But there's uh, no question you're spot on that way better coach having gone through the last couple of years in Toronto. Time in the organization, going back to 2015, I met you in South Carolina, knew you in Hershey, and now here. There's an energy about you. There is uh, You talk about pace a lot in terms of the on-ice stuff. This is a team that missed the playoffs last year, and the expectation for a decade and a half was the playoffs were pretty much an automatic. 
How do the Washington Capitals get back to that stage, given that this is a team in transition, too, where it's an older team, younger players, a competitive camp coming up? There's a lot of moving parts here as you take over. Yeah, like the way that I'll look at it is it's almost a little bit of a reset here with missing the playoffs and sort of, you know, a long off season. that there's a lot of different things that go into dissecting why the group didn't have success last year and get into the like in injuries and all that stuff. And we could talk about that till we're blue in the face. But for me, I just think it's a good opportunity for our group to sort of have a little bit of a mental reset, a good a physical um, reset in, ter- in terms of having a bunch of time off to get ready, recharge physically and mentally to get ready to get back to a level that we know players and the staff were capable of playing at. And that's what we're here to prove. And that's what it'll start right from day one in camp with sort of a fresh outlook. And and here we go. And we're going to get to work and, and try to get back into the playoffs. Again, that's part one of my chat with a new head coach. Part two coming up tomorrow with Spencer Carberry. The roster of the Capitals team did not change drastically over the summer, but there is a new face on defense this season. Joel Edmondson came here from Montreal and told Ben Raby he saw the move coming. Yeah, for sure. I was uh, just kind of expecting to get uh, get moved, and I was hoping it would happen in the offseason just to give us more time to to get settled into the new city, which, uh, you know, it's been great here so far. Um, but, I mean, every every place I've played so far, everyone always welcomes you with open arms, and, you know, you're, you're walking into a hockey locker room, so, you know, it's going to be a bunch of good guys and great staff, so um, it's been great everywhere so far, and uh, it's another great stop here. So having gotten acclimated, starting to anyways away from the rink, what are you looking forward to on the ice where you feel you could contribute here in Washington? I think you feel a nice void on the back end as far as what you're able to bring to this team. Yeah, I just uh, want to be that solid defenseman that uh, you know definitely takes care of his own end first, and you know makes it hard on their top other top players. Um, I like to play a physical physical game and uh, try to get under some skin, you know, drop the mitts when I have to, but um, just be that rock back there. And you know we got a few guys like that, so I think it's a uh, it's gonna be a good year. You're a big boy. I'm always curious for guys coming up when you were a kid and moving into a teenager. When does that physical side of the game, because it's not always the most glamorous, it's plenty satisfying when you could succeed at it. When did that become part of your identity, part of your game? Um, I think I always just had that, uh, just growing up with an older brother, you know, playing street hockey or, you know, playing football in the backyard, something. It was it was always war between us. Uh, you know, we, we obviously have a great relationship, but growing up, it was always just a, a battle. You know, we were trying to fight. We were super competitive kids. So I think that's where we got our our toughness, our competitiveness from. And I've just carried carried that over throughout my career. So I'm definitely happy I, I grew up when I did, especially with the, growing up. The contact was still a big factor in hockey. And, you know, I never played football, but... You know, baseball, I ended up running a couple back catchers. So, you know, very intense and uh, just always love the physical part of the game. Look, when this team won the Stanley Cup, Brooks Orpik was a rock back there in St. Louis. You had examples of that in 2019 on, on your blue line there. It it feels like it's a little bit of a lost art. Like, there's such a premium now on mobile, swift skating, puck-moving defensemen. But to have a rock back there, the characteristics you bring... How much of a, a badge of honor, how much do you embrace that identity when, again, it's not necessarily the most glamorous, but every team ultimately needs it, especially if you have aspirations of making a deep run? Yeah, I mean, if you look at any of the teams that won the Cup the last 10 years, they got big defensemen that can move and play a hard game. So, 
you know, you're seeing it slowly get out of the game, obviously because the game's getting faster and quicker and more offense, but just me saying this, but I think it's still a major factor and it definitely goes a long ways, and especially when it comes down to playoffs. It's not easy going through playoffs. It's one day of practice, but had some some battles today with Tom Wilson. He was joking earlier, speaking to us, that he's looking forward to having you on his team. You, you've had battles with him over the years as well. But as far as who is here in Washington, some guys you have gone up against. Ovi certainly comes to mind. Who, who are you looking forward to having on your side and, and maybe being able to, to feed off them as well? I think the biggest one is, uh, you know, on the point, John Carlson. I've been watching him my whole career. He's such a smart defenseman and you know he can make plays you know when you don't think there's a play there he's he's just an elite defenseman and a big part of this organization so you know it's been here for about a month now and uh, been hanging around him every day so definitely learning from him you get to reunite as well with trevor van reemsdyke know you have some history there going back to the days with carolina yeah absolutely uh we're actually living in the same neighborhood too so uh, we've kept in contact over the past couple years also so uh it's great to be back with him Uh, he's a great guy i've really enjoyed our time together in carolina so um there's a handful of guys i knew before coming here which definitely helps the transition well, appreciate this good luck as you get going here in washington and welcome to these parts appreciate it joel thank you thank you very much Welcome to D.C., Joel Edmondson. Didn't play yesterday against Buffalo. Good chance, though, we see him sometime later this week. Coming up on the show later this week, we've got all kinds of great stuff for you. More from Spencer Carberry. We'll also hear from new assistant coach Kirk Muller, who's seen and done just about everything in hockey. Cap's going to host Detroit Thursday at 7th and F. And some Calder Cup champions will stop by this week. We'll hear from Connor McMichael, Lucas Johansson, and a little more with Vinny Iorio as well. And also, as promised earlier this summer, I rode a fire truck with DC Fire EMS recently, and I want to share not only some of their stories, but the sounds of me going on fire calls with DC's Bravest. We had a blast. We got that for you coming up at the end of the week. As always, thanks for listening. Glad to have you back here as we start this new season. Let's go Caps. Meet you back here tomorrow. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.